Heading up to the north, nothing doing here, too. Breaks uh, all the way up to the Port Said. Same to the south, too. Suez Gulf looking pretty heavy. Nowhere going anywhere. And this extends all the way out to the Red Sea. Red Sea more like red brake lights for the as far as the eye can see. Now, your alternates as we zoom in out here and look to the south around the Ethiopian coast, Djibouti, nothing doing there. We're going to have to go all the way around down south. Now, your alternate Madagascar, you can go left or right. Both lanes are open all the way around Cape Horn. Now, this will take you 10 days. It'll certainly save you the five or six. You'll be stuck there. Traffic report for the Suez Canal, which as we sit down to record this episode of My Second Act, I think it's safe to say that the vessel, the Ever Given, the Evergreen, will have been completely moved and, and all will be well. But that wind's a bitch, isn't it? Knocks down the president three times, boarding Air Force One, and then runs one of the largest cargo ships in the world into the banks of the Suez Canal? You think? Authorities say something different now. We'll talk about it coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a very, very, very loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. I love that. That was dramatic. My name's Dawn, and I'm Caddy's wife. Um, Easter is this Sunday. And I was thinking about all the different, because we have three kids. We have a 21-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 15-year-old. And I was thinking about all the different Easter egg hunts we've done. Like, we've done Easter egg hunts in the yard. We've done Easter egg hunts at the mountain house. We've done them at country clubs. We've done them at other people's houses. We've done them everywhere. And the funniest Easter egg hunt that I could remember was we didn't have the girls. Will was little. Will's our 21-year-old now. And I think he was probably four years old. And we drove by this church near our house and the sign that drew us in was Easter egg hunt this weekend. The Easter bunny is coming in on a helicopter, a helicopter, or as Will at the time would say, a helidopter. Yeah. Helidopter. And he was obsessed with helidopters. And so we were like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Like if the Easter bunny is going to come in in a helicopter, this is going to be a big Easter egg hunt. And I remember my mom went with us. Mm -hmm. And so we took Will and we're all standing out there, and I mean, there's tons of kids, and it's a you know one of those huge green spaces, and the winds blow in, and the chopper comes in with the Easter Bunny. It was pretty impressive. He landed and he got out, and then they called for the Easter egg hunt. And I will never forget, like they turned these kids loose, and Will would like go and they're the plastic eggs, and he'd open one, and he's like, the first one he opened, he was like, okay. And like threw it in his basket and then he keeps going. He opened another one. And then I kept like we're falling behind him. And all we could hear him say is another one, not another one. <laughs> and they were Bible verses in every plastic Easter egg. Not Rather one candy. piece of candy, not one jelly bean, not one Hershey peanut kiss, butter, nothing. egg, nothing. And John he, 316. He was getting madder and madder. He's like, where's the candy? Enough with God. I don't know that he said that. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Well, on that particular day, I think he'd had enough of it. But you're a child. You're four, five you years old. Candy. You want some Easter candy. Yeah. Bible verses are great, but you want Easter candy. Yeah. I remember one time we went. I to, never drive by that church. And not think and about I it. And I do at least five times a week now. Yeah. Doing carpool with our 15-year-old daughter, Charlotte. But and I, I do not think. It. I Don't drive by and not think of that story. The best Easter egg hunt to go to is one where the people put money in the eggs. And, you know, there's always that golden egg. We've done that before with the kids where we had like a golden egg and it had like, you know, 20 bucks or something in it. Then knock each other down to get it. Olivia, was she was not going to miss a golden egg. She would knock Charlotte to the ground, you know. <laughs> so all that, you just think about all those good times. Can we get an update real quick about the Easter Bunny suit story from Cumberland Mall mm. from last podcast? Turns out one of your best friends was the marketing director for the mall. Mm -hmm. Sarah Hogan. And hired you. And mm -hmm. you two didn't know each other. You wound up working together in radio at, yes. at, at the former Kicks. Yes. Back in the. She's one of my best friends. ABC Camp City stage. Yeah. She heard the podcast and she was like, I almost ran off the road laughing because she. I think she said she peed herself. She Yes. She was the marketing director for Cumberland Mall. And she was saying how hard it was to recreate Easter in a mall, which, as you can imagine, it is because, I mean, back then you could probably put up some crosses and stuff. But now you probably can't even do that because you have to represent everything. And so how do you like create Easter? So, But she was dying because she remembered the Easter Bunny by the waterfall. And the company was Cherry Hill Photography. And it was. That's who hired me. It's hilarious. It's a small world. It is a small, small world. Kind of like Jack. All right. Noon in Georgia. In Coweta County. 
which uh, is about 30 miles south of downtown Atlanta, took a hit from an EF4 tornado last week. Um, on that scale, there's only five. It goes up to EF5. So this was a massive, massive tornado that that leveled so many parts of historic downtown Noonan and the city of Noonan and Coweta County and Noonan High School. Yeah, that was terrible. Which is where uh, you, you may have be like, wait a minute, Noonan, Georgia, Alan Jackson. That's his hometown. Yep. Drake Stadium. I remember back in the terrestrial radio days, I was throwing a huge Alan Jackson concert at Drake Stadium at Noonan High School, which is where Alan graduated from. Um, just total, total devastation. There was one person that lost their life. And when I've heard the media, Donna, talking about these, these, th- this particular tornado, we're lucky there's only one person killed. We're lucky there's only one person that died. It was an EF4. There should have been more, but there was only one. Do you think that that's, is that distasteful? Kind of. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. That, but one person lost their life. Yep. Well, and. That doesn't make it any softer a blow for. That family. No kidding. Whoever's and if I remember that family and, 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 and whether it's national news, which had reported the EF4 tornado in Coweta County or the local news or the papers, only one person, there was one, one fatality. Well, that's. One too many. I don't know. Well, I think what's happened in, is we've become so numb in this world to everything that's going on. I, um, I was talking to you about the fact that we in one, in a, you know, in our previous podcast, we talked about the spa shooting um, that happened here in Atlanta. And then shortly thereafter, there was the um, tragedy in a Boulder, you know, at the grocery store. And I told you, I said, I almost feel bad because we didn't talk about that. And, and we obviously can't talk about every single tragedy that happens every day in the world. Or, or you probably wouldn't want to listen to the podcast because we try to bring some levity and fun to it. But I did say, you know, I don't even think I'd really talked about it with the girls or anyone. And I think what's happened is we have become so numb to these shootings and what's going on in the world and the loss of lives. And, you know, I think back to when Columbine happened or Sandy Hook and how devastating that was to this country and shocking. And then there was, you know, the movie theaters in Aurora where people were, you know, killed. And it was just so shocking that this was happening in our country. And now it's like we hear about them and we're almost, um, we're fatigued by it. You know, you talk about pandemic fatigue. I think there's this type of fatigue too, where for different reasons, maybe your brain, you just can't handle it. You have to compartmentalize it. It's too much to even, you know, take in, but it feels like as a country, we're becoming very used to this. And that it's just, you know, another day in in the life and, and, you know, behind all of these tragedies are people, their moms and their dads and their, you know, kids and their grandparents. And I just, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like we're, as a society, we're just kind of like, this is the way it's going to be now. And, and, you know, it's not a conversation about gun control or what should happen or it's really just a conversation about just you know, empathy in this country and the fact that we're just very jaded. We've become very jaded to all this news. And and I feel bad for our kids because, you know, you and I growing up, this just didn't happen. You you didn't hear about it. You just didn't. And now it's it's an everyday fact of life. You know, the Columbine tragedies changed the way kids go to school forever. You know, doors never were locked in high schools. There was never um, exit plans. They never did um, intruder drills, you know, in kindergarten and in first grade. And and now that's part of the protocol of going to school, you know. And if you are, I remember after some of the, the different, you know, um, high school tragedies, you know, kids would almost some kids would probably go to school and be looking around. It's kind of like when we would go to events and you look for exit rows or, you know, kids are looking around like, okay, if, if this kid or this person or something happened, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And that's sad because school has always been the place where kids could go, you know, even kids who were in families who maybe didn't, you know, had, had food anxiety or, or maybe their home life wasn't stable. School was always the place that kids could go and to escape, to escape and be safe. 
And that's just not what, what's happened in the world now is you're not safe anywhere. And maybe that's always been the case, even when you and I were growing up. But I never thought about it. Did you? No, because you didn't have to. Right. You were unaware. Blissful denial. Barry Martin is the Coweta County resident that passed Yeah. during the EF4 tornado last week. He was going to check on his daughter after the tornado, rolled through around midnight. I remember you and I were watching yeah. storm coverage, and this particular tornado came in from Randolph County, Alabama, which borders Coweta County, Georgia. Yeah. And it just, I remember watching and just thinking, this is not going to be good. This, wow. Um, Mr. Martin, I think, deserves a moment. He, he was on his way to check on his daughter, concern out of his daughter. And because of storm damage, he had to park about a quarter mile away from her home and walk. And while he was walking, he had a heart attack mm. and he died. And there's a picture of their family. It's very sad. Real people. Yeah, there's real people behind every tragedy. And these storms, just to take a minute on that, like they always come in in the middle of the night. It is so scary. And, you know, usually I'm the sentinel. We've talked about this before. I stay up and I was very tired the other night. And I woke up probably around five and I had all of these warnings. I'm like, oh, gosh, glad nothing happened, you know. But it's very scary when they come in overnight. Mr. Martin was set to walk his daughter down the aisle at her wedding this past Saturday, mm. which was hours, 36, 48 hours after he passed. Very sad. All right. We'll include some information about how you can help the folks in Noonan and Coweta County, Georgia, in the, this uh, Saturday's issue of the letter, which is the e-letter, the, the newsletter that we have for the podcast, kind of a um, a piece of what we have going on here. Pictures from the stories you hear us talk about, alternative episode titles, and Donna has recipes every now and then, mm. and stuff like that. But we'll include uh, a link about how you can help the folks in, in, in Coweta County, Georgia, in the letter. Text left on red, no spaces, left on red to the number 22828. If I can find it, I'll also include a photo this Saturday of Lindsey Graham with his AR-15. Did you hear this? Lindsey yes. Graham says that he owns an AR. Senator Lindsey Graham says that he owns an AR-15 assault rifle. I, I do not think that's a good idea on many levels. Do you? I. Him and Ted Cruz are at the border. Yeah. Checking things out. And t I told you, Ted Cruz looked like he maybe had made a, a pit stop in Tijuana. He was very bloated. Very bloated. We'll also include in the letter this weekend a photograph of Donna tap dancing as a member yes. of the Kennesaw Cloggers. The yes. photograph has been found. You, you've heard us talk about the letter. We've been doing it a little over a year now. It's free. We don't sell you information to anybody. It's, it's just fun. It's a four-minute four read max. Saturday morning at 910, bam, it hits your inbox. Component to the podcast. But um, we'll include that photograph because of the conversation. I had no idea until about a month ago when you revealed on a podcast that you were a clogger. Yes, now, we've known each other for over 20 years, been yes. married for nearly 18. I had no clue that you'd ever had tap shoes on your feet in your life. I don't think you believe me. And you saw. The photograph. I saw it last night. You saw numerous photos. Yes. There was one of me in a little sailor outfit. So, we were, yeah. I said, can you get back in that thing? No, is the answer. We have been going down memory lane with photographs because you went to your mother's home yes in 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 suburban atlanta nana yes. harriet tiger nana is the kids call her n-a-n-a -A. uh nana and mr al Rowe lived together in an assisted living apartment and al's 101 yes years old but nana's house is being sold yes so we're selling my mom's house um <sighs> i don't get emotional about this but yeah so it's the house i grew up in so we have been putting this off. If there's anybody who's listening to this podcast and you've ever had a family home that you've had to do something with, I have learned through this process, I thought just as anything in life that I'm the only person who ever thinks this way, deals this way, and then you find out through community and through other people that, no, this happens all the time. It, it's like something that you you know you need to do, but you don't want to do it. And it's like, 
because there's just so many memories. You know, it's different if, if you maybe you move from house to house to house to house, but this is the only house that I ever lived in. And so there's stuff everywhere. And when you talk about compartmentalizing, I almost have to do it in small doses, you know. And I, I've told my sister, we just need to get a storage space and shove everything into the storage space and then go over there and sit down. Because what happens to you when you're cleaning out either your parents' house, your grandparents' house, anyone's house, you go over there with buckets and intentions of getting it done and you end up sitting on the floor looking through photo albums. And you go down these rabbit holes and then two hours later you haven't packed a dish, you know, and there's just so much to do. It's overwhelming. And anybody who's listening to this podcast I know can relate because you're also this yin and yang of you don't want this stuff. you got your own stuff, you know, and you don't have anywhere to put this stuff. But then there's you're throwing away like your family stuff. You know, and so Al just went through this where his family um, cleaned out his house. And it was very sad when I went to see mom and him the other day. He said to me, I said, you know, he was fine with selling the house. But he said, I just, you know, they there was a lot of nice stuff, you know, that they gave away and they threw away. And they gave away the furniture to, you know, a women's shelter and that type of thing. But here again, it's like stuff that as adults we don't want because we have so much junk already. But to them... It's everything. It's their memories. It's stuff they bought. It's things that they lived with. And it just, you know, broke my heart. And then here I come over to do my mom's house and I've got this hanging in my head, what Al said. And so I'm like, we need three piles, you know, donate, get, I don't know, keep or, you know, it's just very hard. Undecided. Yeah. Undecided pile. But anyway, we don't want this to be the saddest podcast in the world, but what happened was I did go down memory lane and I found not only did I find my um, my dance pictures, Charlotte, who helped me, our 15-year-old, who helped me clean out some of the stuff, found my first wedding album. Yeah. Now, if you recall from months ago on this podcast, our Charlotte is our youngest 15-year-old. She's a freshman in high school. She learned from listening to this podcast <laughs> that Donna had been married before. Go back and fish that episode up and listen to that. <laughs> I was listening in the car. From you. Yeah. Well, we were going somewhere to breakfast or something. Yeah. And I was listening to the podcast, and I, I guess I just thought that she knew. And uh, we were having a conversation about your first marriage. Yeah. And she leans in to the dash and hits pause <laughs> and says, Daddy, did I just hear that right? And I'm like, hear what? That mama's been married? I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So there were a lot of questions. After well, that. and it was always my intention to tell her sure. that I was going to wait till a certain point because we didn't have kids and it was just a whole thing. So anyway, she found, so we were looking at this wedding album last night and it truly is, this may sound weird to you that we're looking at my wedding album with you, but you've been married before. We, mm. we talk about your ex-wife. It's not, there's no big deal. Although I didn't tell her until she was 15. But anyway, um, but it's like a trip down memory lane because the hairstyles and the, it's just hilarious to look at it. Well, and to see your father, Charlie. Yes. Who passed. Yeah. Yeah. Those ten, are, 10 years ago. Yeah. Those were probably some of, you know, and my, our kids don't know my father. So it was kind of a peek into. So it'd be much more than 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So anyways, we're, we're doing all that, but we did, I did find all the pictures of me. Like, Donna Cloggin. Cloggin. With a bandana on. Yes. It was impressive. There were no action shots. Hmm. Me and that little boy sitting next to me. I think we clogged a little bit together. Is that code? No. I was like 12. No, oh. we actually clogged. Okay. <laughs> we it's a big group of we kids. We do do I bet. Yeah. It's, it's a big group of kids, too. It's a big oh, class, yeah. a big group. And everybody looked happy. Yeah. They looked like they wanted to be clogging. You know? The girls loved it. I'll, I got a couple that I'll put in there, and you'll, you'll get to enjoy that. So, yes. If, you're, if you ever have to do that with your parents, you and I were talking about it. It's just... Uh, you know, being an adult is hard. God, it sucks sometimes. God. And you know, I never understood that whole sandwich generation of like, if you're not here yet, you're going to be listening to this and go, oh, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about. But you, there is this, this area of your life where you're trying to raise your own kids and you're having to sort of deal with your parents' stuff. And that's why they call it the sandwich generation because you're sandwiched in between raising your own family and the bridge to your other family. And it, it can be difficult. And the one thing I'll give you as a public service, as you and I have been talking about lately, is make sure you got all your paperwork straightened out. Make sure you got your POAs and your executors and all that stuff. Because you know how, like, even when you and I did our 
wills and everything. You, you're sort of like, eh, you know, because you're so young. You're like, I don't know. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just to say you have a will. So when someone asks you, it's really important when you start stepping through all this stuff with your parents because there's some stuff you can't change later, you know, because they're in different stages of perhaps mental health or physical health. And it really makes it complicated. So out of all of this, my PSA for you is to get your stuff straight and get your parents' stuff straight before you need it. And if you're looking to buy in Smyrna, Georgia. I got a deal for you. 770-464-6024. <laughs> That is a podcast text line yeah. and voicemail line. You don't just see the cars. You can drive the cars. Ride-alongs available, giving you the chance to get behind the wheel. At the 39th annual Atlanta International Auto Show, it is happening at the Georgia World Congress Center, April 14th through 18th. Masks are required. Please practice social distancing. They do uh, ask that of all of us. Building seats where it's always been there on Northside Drive. Huge event. One of the biggest events. Uh, every year in Atlanta. And while it has been bumped about a month and a half on the calendar to April 14th through 18th because of the pandemic, um, it's happening. Yeah, it's still the same show. Yeah. Same group of cars. I mean, same manufacturers, all the exciting, fun stuff, the exotic cars. Last year, um, they did, and I know they're going to keep doing it this year, This, you know, the huge section. Basically, it was caffeine and octane. They brought out all of their exotic cars so you can go through there and see them. Dream cars that, you know, you may never be able to afford, but you get to see them in person, take pictures of them, take your, take your picture in front of those cars, and um, get to see all the latest models. You know, right now, again, even sometimes on these uh, car dealership lots, they may not have a ton of inventory in right now. So you're able to go down to the auto show, actually sit in the vehicles, um, ask questions, and spend a whole day. I mean, you know, if you did that on a normal weekend, you would spend your entire Saturday and Sunday jumping, okay, I'm going to go to the Chevrolet dealership, have to deal with those folks, and then come over here to Ford, and then I'm going to go over to Toyota. This is your opportunity to shop every brand under the sun in one building. You can see the latest automakers have to offer, including the new Chrysler Pacifica a Hybrid, the Fiat 500X, the Jeep Wrangler 4XE, Kia Sorento, Lexus IS, and Toyota Sienna. Produced by the Metro Atlanta Automobile Dealers Association, your franchise new car and truck dealers. Tickets, get them before you go. Uh, adult tickets are 12 bucks. Kids 6 to 12 are 6 bucks. Kids 5 and under are free. GoAutoShow.com. GoAutoShow.com. April 14th through 18th is the Atlanta International Auto Show at the Georgia World Congress Center. Spicy plum chicken rice bowl. Sign me up at dinneraffair.com. I'm ready to go. I've been thinking lately how hard dinner is. It is probably second to uh, financial stuff in, in a marriage. Dinner is probably one of the most challenging things, really, as a family. Because you have people that don't like what you cook. You become a Burger King when your kids are younger, where everybody wants it their way. You stand in the grocery store, and it causes true, like, anxiety for moms and dads about, okay, what am I going to cook tonight? You know you don't need to be eating out every night. You know you can't afford to eat out every night. But yet you do not have time when you're working really hard and getting these kids to ball practice and band practice and everything to, to cook a healthy dinner. Dinner Affair will solve that for you. No contract, no long-term commitment. You get to control the meals that you pick. You get to control delivery. And we've got a great deal for you. $30 off your first order. 30 bucks off your first order. New promo code for you to use at dinneraffair.com. New promo code for 30 bucks off is caddy2021. C-A-D-D-Y 2021. Caddy2021 at dinneraffair.com. Dinner A-F-A-R-E dot com. Two to three easy steps. Get dinner on the table. Always 100% guaranteed. There's no contract. And you have to have cheat nights where you do you know, fast food. It's just going to happen. We, uh, we had one last week. Uh, went to BK. And it was just me and the two girls. And for us to each eat, it was 24, 25 bucks. For credit food. For three. For credit food. No kidding. The breakdown comes down to uh, you know, five, six dollars a serving for delicious, nutritious meals from dinneraffair.com. On the way here today, Donna, to the App and Media Group and App and Podcast Network. Tell us about that song that had you going. It was the, well, it's kind of like, this is kind of like, I, want, I wanted to see how you This is a Debbie this. Downer thing here. It was the climb, Miley Cyrus. I love Miley Cyrus. Now, okay, let me back up because there's going to be some people that are like, she's crazy. I, I'm not saying I love everything she does in her life, but I think she is one of those people who is incredibly underrated as a singer. I really do. Like even Wrecking Ball, forget the crazy video, okay? It's a great song. 
The Climb is a great song. So it was in the um, Hannah Montana movie. It was the end of it. She didn't write it. Um, she didn't write The Climb. But it's very interesting about Miley because she's one of those lightning rod people. You know, she definitely is. But um, lately, she there were some pictures of her over the weekend. I forgot who she was with. But she's they, everyone's claiming she's kind of fallen off the wagon because she did say in November to Apple Music that she um, in the past has had some substance issues and she had kind of dealt with them and then in the pandemic sort of fell off the wagon like a lot of people did. I thought it was interesting. This is what she said in an interview um, in November. She said, I don't have a problem with drinking. I have a problem with the decisions I make once I go past that level. I've just been wanting to wake up 100%, 100% of the time. When slips happen, she said, one of the things I've used is don't get furious, get curious. So don't be mad at yourself, but ask yourself, what happened? And I think it's kind of good advice because it's tough right now in the pandemic, you know, and everything everyone's gone through, it's challenging times. And we've talked about it so much um, about mental health and addiction on this podcast. But um, don't beat yourself up, you know, it just start over again. It's okay to start over a hundred times, you know, it doesn't matter. But um, I think she's going to have to start over again because she was seen like in L.A. and drinking some, popping some bottles. And she would sing too. Did you read, did you see that report? Mm-hmm. Like that they were... Uh, there was a group of them, I believe. Yeah. Rami Malek. From, yes. Um, from Queen. The, uh, the Queen movie. Yeah. And yeah, um, that Freddie Mercury movie. And like she just break into song suddenly. Yeah. In the restaurant or club. Or, it was a restaurant, I believe. But they, yeah. everybody's like, what? I forget, who she, I forget who she's with. But, you know, sometimes the people you're with drag you down corridors you don't yeah. want to go to. Those around you can often be your biggest red flags. Yeah. But anyways, The Climb is a great song. What about you? I'm going to add Montgomery Gentry and Gone. Oh, that's a good one. Gone like a freight train. <laughs> gone like yesterday. Gone like a... Uh, da 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 bang bang Now, we use gone a lot. Like, when, when we talk about things, you and I use it, like, in sentences. Because we'll be like, where did... What, what happened to... Like, okay, just say, like, what happened to Vince Gill? He's gone. Gone. Like, gone like Montgomery Gentry. That's what we always say. <laughs> And you know what? What does that song remind you of? Will. No, Olivia. Oh, was it Olivia and the Big yes. Wheel? Okay. Olivia would have this, our 17-year-old, she had this big wheel, and we would put that song on in the garage, and she would just ride. In as circles. fast as she could. I mean, like a, a pit one maneuver. Like in the circus, one of those motorcycle guys yes. that gets in the, 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 little the, ball. the circles that are moving around yeah. in the air. Yeah. As fast as they can, pedaling as fast she as they can. She loved that song yeah. when it came out. Gone is written by Jeffrey Steele. Oh. I've been I, well. I've been enjoying and, and researching and listening to a lot of Jeffrey Steele songs, and I'll tell you why. Full transparency: We produce a concert series at the Painted Horse uh, Winery and Vineyards in Milton, Georgia, and we're doing nine shows in 2021. And the first show is coming up uh, in like a week, Saturday night, April 10th. And um, Jeffrey Steele is is the first artist, and this guy has written hits for for everybody. Um, but it's kind of like when you buy a concert ticket to go see, you know, we ha- none of us have done this in a while, but if you, you know, if you're going to go see Kenny Chesney, you start listening to Kenny you Chesney. You start listening to, to his prep. music. And yeah. that's what I've been doing with Jeffrey Steele to, in, in anticipation of this great concert. Well, let me Tickets tell you Tickets available now. Yeah. They're going very fast. They really are. There's really. You sounded like a concert. I know. Now. There's not many left. That's the truth. That's not like a concert premiere thing. The thing about Jeffrey is even if you don't come out and see him, you know, say you're listening to the podcast in Dallas, Texas, and you love Jeffrey, but you can't come get it, you know, come get tickets. You ought to kind of go down a Jeffrey Steele rabbit hole, even if you're listening to this podcast, because there's some great videos of him, too. And he, like, he's written for Rascal. I mean, he's written for everybody, Rascal Flats, everyone. But he has his own spin on songs. You know how some songwriters, okay, yeah. and he plays, like, guitar. He's, like, almost like a We're rock star. We're having to rent a keyboard. Yeah, he is, like, a rock star when he sings these songs. And some songwriters not that there's anything wrong with it are very like kind of mellow when they're singing the songs and you almost long for the Artist other version. version in this case when you hear jeffrey Steele sing you're like dang that one could have been released too because he's so amazing um and put such a spin on he's so talented as a songwriter he's got some good hair too let me just tell you that okay that, that matters mm-hmm. uh some of the hits that Jeffrey Steele had a hand in writing the cowboy and me and shotgun rider for McGraw raise him up for Keith Urban stick that in your country song Eric church, which is going to be on uh, uh, heart and soul. He's getting ready to drop that triple album here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Trace Atkins. I'm trying and Chrome. Remember those, hits? those yeah. two from Trace Atkins. Yeah. Uh, Zach Brown, knee deep. The song that Zach and the band did with uh, Jimmy Buffett rascal flats is really where Jeffrey Steele. Yeah. 
has uh, the juice. What hurts the most, my wish, me and my gang for Rascal Flats, among others. So it's going to be a really uh, painted horse is a 22 acre working farm, beautiful winery in Milton, Georgia. Uh, and many thanks to Even Hotel Alpharetta at Avalon, part of IHG, the International Hotel Group, Nikki Rudd, financial advisor at Morgan Stanley, Atlanta Fine Home, Sotheby's, the Jackson Brubaker Law Firm, Q, and Appa Media for their support of live music. And uh, there'll be a link to get, uh, if, if, if there are tickets even available this Saturday, we'll put a link in the letter. But there and, are and tickets that, for the other shows. Yes, there, there are nine yeah. shows. Uh, the second Saturday of every month, with the exception of September, uh, Second Saturday fell on 9-11 this year in 2021. We chose to, to I don't know if we're going to the first or third weekend that month, but just think the second Saturday of every month, live music, great food from Q, legendary barbecue, uh, legendary sides, and uh, cold beer, great wine for the vines, a painted horse. So join us for the Uncorked Concert Series. Morgan Wallen has been dethroned. Mm. Quite a run, though. Ten consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with Dangerous, which was the double album that he dropped in January. Justin Bieber takes him down with his new project, uh, Justice is the name of it. He debuts at number one. I'm kind of excited about this. I mean, not him dethroning Morgan Wong, but this is going to be a great, it's it's good, like some of the stuff. I what, mean, Bieber? Yeah, it's going to be good. I hadn't heard it. It's going to be listened. good. Uh, Morgan Wallen actually falls to number three from one to three because Lana Del Rey. Here we go. <laughs> do you know her? How do we know Lana Del Rey? She's she's released other stuff, but she's just. Well, didn't she have like one song that was in a lot of movies or something? Well, she's just one of those moody um, alt singers that the that the teens love. She released a new album called Kim Trails Over the Country Club. Yeah, what do you think that's about? <laughs> She popped to number two on the Billboard 200, yeah. Morgan Wallen to number three. What was the song? I don't know. We'll look it up. Yeah. But like, was it? Was it not that one that was like in every movie? No. Lana Del Rey is like, no. Yeah, it's not. No. It's like, okay, listen, if I don't know who this little girl is that sings the song about the driver's license, when I'm driving now with Charlotte, she. Music calms her, believe it or not. Normally, I do not let them have the radio on when they're first learning how to drive, but it calms her down some, so we have the, we don't have it, like, pumped up. But yesterday, I'm letting her listen to her music, and that song came on, and I just, I said to Charlotte, I go, I've heard this song so much, this little girl, she needs to drive by someone else's house. You know what I mean? Like, there's other people's houses to drive by. Like, if you listen to the song and you've heard the song, you've heard your kids playing it, you understand what I'm saying. But she's all alone and I drive by your house. Okay, go by someone else's house. He is with the blonde girl. Okay, stop driving by his house. I'm all alone and I drive by his house. Like, oh my God. I told Charlotte, she, she needs to move on with her life. She's like, Mom, it's just a song. I go, but enough already. Do you know what I'm saying? And she got a lot of support. From from Taylor Swift, yes, whoever yes, this yes, artist yes, is yes, that sings yes, this song, because yes. Taylor really embraced and endorsed. Well, it that sounds song. like something Taylor would have written when she was fifteen, you know. So, um, Nike is waving their arms in the air and 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 begging you to please understand that they have nothing to do with Little Nas X and his Satan shoes. I cannot take this story. Little Nas X is an artist who God, old town road going to take my horse, put him on the, the old town road with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Right. Became, I think it still holds the record for the, the song that had the most weeks. Number one for digital download. Yes. Little Nas X has decided to release a song, um, Montero, which is his first name. And it's Montero. Call me by my name. Call me by my name is in reference to a movie where there were two, uh, I think it was a man and a much younger uh, man that 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 got together and had a, a steamy romp. The video is, you know, you and I watched the video together because I wanted to see it. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it's trash, as is the song. Um, but in addition to the video and the song, Little Nas X is 
getting a lot of attention because he has relied on a third party, MSCHF, which is pronounced mischief. It's a company that um, their their job is to build flashy brands by creating viral moments. And it's an eight-person company. They're based in Brooklyn, New York. This is the same company, Mischief, M-S-C-H-F, all caps. If, again, when you see it, it's pronounced Mischief. Um, this is the same company that dropped the nearly $2,000 Jesus shoes not too long ago. And they were Nikes filled with holy water. And they've released a weed pipe that looks like a rubber chicken. And um, uh, they also came up with a an internet-wide competition that when you open their app, you put the finger on the screen and you don't take it off. And whoever was the last one with their finger on the app in the world won $25,000. Okay, I'm more fascinated by this company than I am the little Nas X. Well, that's why I wanted the conversation to be about this company. The yeah. conversation, I don't think, I, I, I don't want to give any more time to the shitty song and video from little Nas X. What do you what, think what their find, headquarters looks like? Um, some graffiti and maybe absolutely some water bongs and beer fridges, pinball tables. Um, there, there's blood in these shoes, the Satan shoes, actually human blood that was drawn from the eight member team at mischief. They each had to, um, Lord. they won't say how they did it, but there's actual blood was drawn from the employees and it's mixed in with the ink that is used, uh, like on part of the shoe. There are 666 pair Get it, 666. Of these Nikes that are available now, and they're $1,000 a piece. The Nike, though, is in a bit of a PR nightmare here because they have nothing to do with this. They did not collaborate. They do not endorse what's happening here. But so basically, they took, let me understand this. They took 666 pairs of Nikes. Of Nike Air Max 97s. Okay, so they bought 666 Correct. pairs. They being mischief, the company. Right, and then they create these new shoes with them right it's kind of like if you go to the dealership or you go to the atlanta international auto show april 14th or 18th at the georgia world congress center and you see a, a, a suv that you really really want all right you may buy it from uh, general motors okay chevrolet if you take it then after you buy it to have it up lifted uplifted, yeah modified. And, and modified yeah that's what mischief is it's that company yeah. Um, gosh, who's the biggie up in Chattanooga? Something Ridge. Uh, Rocky Ridge, I yeah. think. They, they do a lot. They do great work. But yeah. they customize. So they're like the Rocky Ridge of shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Or or a viral moment. Yeah. not necessarily. Yeah. In this case, yes, it's shoes. But they also came up with the rubber chicken that looks like a, a water bong or something. I don't know. Mm. This is that moment where I think I'm old. You know? Here's a statement from Nike real quick. <laughs> Nike did not design or release these shoes, and we do not endorse them. I mean, but you have to kind of almost feel bad for Nike because, I mean, they're, I, I they're a company that's always given back and they, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're pretty, uh, they've been pretty like based in like giving things back to people and now they're like involved in this. And and here's the thing, they're getting, it's kind of weird because it's like guerrilla marketing that they didn't plan or ask for. And not like we've talked about before, like Ocean Spray Cranberry or something. This is like in a negative way. Right. Because now all these Karens are going on I've seen them on like burn Instagram. My stuff. Yes, burn their kids' Nikes. And Nikes, and stuff. like, but wait a minute. Wait, we have Karen. nothing to do. Karen, stop. We, we didn't put the blood in no. the ink no. that appears. And your kids don't have blood in their Nikes, so let them wear their Nikes. Don't worry about it. Just don't buy the Nikes with blood in them. Sometimes these Karens, and I'm not, I'm not a Karen. Sometimes these Karens get get on a roll and they just want to take a company down. It's like, just don't let your kid buy those Nikes. You know. You might want to burn your little Nas X record, but I don't know. Old Town Road? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you sang with that song to your kids. I know. Everybody did. Here, I will say this about the video. Mm, that's probably going to be trouble. I'll say this about the video. It's no worse than what we saw on the Grammys with the women on the bed twerking and dirking and doing all this stuff. I mean, it, it's, it is Satan, don't get me wrong. He's basically giving Satan... Well, and at the a, end, he does break his neck and take his horns. Well, that's true. But, I mean, he is giving Satan a lap dance. Yes, wearing thigh highs. Yes. I, again, I'm not advocating for any of this to behavior. Each to each their own. But I will say, it's interesting that it's <laughs> a guy and Satan that it's causing a lot of controversy. And yet, there's women... Two women. To, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think the whole world has gone mad 
And like, it's just sort of that do whatever you want to do, which is fine. But then when you like market it to kids and stuff, it gets a little tricky, you know? You just got to, you've got to take care of your own home, mow your own grass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't worry about everybody else's. When's a bitch, as we've learned with uh, President Biden, who was knocked over three times climbing the stairs of Air Force One. Bless his heart. Recently. But also, yes. It's bad. You know I love a fall moment. Yes. <laughs> I don't, but I mean, I don't love elderly people. Like, I don't love elderly people falling because it scares me that something bad's going to happen. I love a person falling off a ski lift or, you know. During an ice that. storm, oh, falling off God. their porch. Love it. Can't with a ring camera. If he had fallen once, I would have loved that moment. What's scary is he fell three times. That's when you're really out of sorts. You are cattywampus when you uh, fall three. Originally, the captain of the uh, vessel Ever Given or Evergreen, which has been stuck in the Suez Canal, said that it was wind. That This is, the, I believe, the second largest cargo ship in the world. And the wind had 20,000 containers on it and some sheep. And the wind? I'm worried about the sheep. Blew you into the banks of the Suez Canal? I didn't even know where the Suez Canal was until all this happened last Tuesday. Now, this is a there's this is a very fast moving story. And as we record this morning, uh, they uh, they they say, "Who's they?" I always ask you, "Who's they?" Cite your source. I don't know. The the tugboat operator people mm-hmm. say that that either the the front of the back, the stern of the bow that they've removed from the bank. So I think by the time you listen to this podcast, I'm sh- I would bet that the this this ship has been unhinged and moved on and, and allowed the 400 ships behind it. That's where all your toll to travel through the Suez Canal. Here's what I here's Do you know how long the Suez Canal is? I had no idea. And I think that things like this that happen, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because I hate it for the crew. Because you find out. Things. Because it, let me say yes. that they also now say it's human error. It wasn't the wind. It was human error mm. that caused this thing to happen. He's going to lose his job. Did you, did you know how long the Suez Canal is? I had no clue. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what it was used for, really. I thought it was cruise ships or something. I mean, I knew what it was used for. Do you know how long it is? How long? 120 miles. It's long. I thought it was like three miles long. Okay, here's what I don't get. Okay, so the Suez Canal, if you, so now, if say this ship had not gotten unblocked, in order to get those other ships through, they have to go around the Horn of Africa. Right. Which takes how long? Uh, we heard the traffic report top of the Six top weeks. of the episode. Six weeks. I think you. Okay. Do you know how when you go to Disney and like, okay, say you're going to ride the Pirates of the Caribbean, okay? If that, if somebody falls out of the boat, if the boats jam up on top of each other, if a boat gets cattywampus sideways, if someone, some kid puts their hand in the water and it gets taken off by like a track or something, you never know that because there's a whole nother Pirates of the Caribbean, okay? There's a whole nother track with the same stuff, okay? So then they just divert the boats to Pirate 2, we're going to Pirate 2. We've got a kid who stuck his damn hand in the water. Okay, we got to go Pirate 2. So then they go left. So you're going to tell me when they built the Suez Canal that they never thought in a million years. Have you ever tried to get your dresser down your stairs? Like where that one wall is and you can't figure it out? Like you're like, can I get this dresser past this wall without banging my wall up and having my wife say, stop with the paint? Okay, they didn't think that a boat was going to get stuck sideways and that they needed a Suez 2? Like a spur? Because you would almost think like... Like 45 or Yeah, like, okay, so here's the Suez. You would think right beside it, it'd be like a runaway boat ramp. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what's that little... What's that thing? That tributary. Oh, that's Suez 2. Because sometime there's going to be a boat that's going to get cattywampus and we got to take the boat that way. What do you think about that? Clearly, no, no one. The, the designers never thought of that when they were. So, what needs to happen in the uh, world is anytime anything's built, right. they either need to bring in Elon Musk or the Imagineers from Disney. Nobody else should be touching anything, nothing, because I'm telling you, if Disney had built the Suez Canal, we wouldn't be in this situation. We would have plenty of toilet paper right now, well, and I could, wouldn't be losing sleep over these sheep. You just move the boat to the, and and maybe that boat would stay stuck. But all those other boats would just be like, see ya. Have you seen the photographs though, of the backups? With it's these, insane. They're not boats, y'all. These are cargo ships. These are some of the largest ships yeah. in the world that are just floating. Kind of like the, the cruise ships are during the pandemic out in the middle of the ocean just floating around. Crazy. Costing, uh, God, what did I hear? $10 billion a day, 
I think. I don't know who did that math. That's a lot of money. But some of them are, are oil. Oil. That's how we say it here in the South. But oil tankers. Did you know that gas is up 70% well, like from a year ago? This well, this has nothing to do. I mean, but it's going to go up again. Well, not, I think, Donna, that we're going to learn as we listen to this podcast that, that, that everything's fine now. This is what's coming out. They dug. Mm. I don't know what they did, but they got the tugboats and things did it. But I think had it gone on for weeks, there, there would have been. A shortage of things, and 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 an even larger spike in gas prices. But if you think if you're doing spring break here soon, and so many people are in the next three four weeks, yeah, gas is up seventy percent for one gallon from a year ago this week. That's insane, Cadillac Jack. That's crazy, Donna Chick. I know, <laughs> it's crazy. Cinematos Crunch update. Don't really have one. Uh, there's a lot of uh, ink now being spent on the fact that this guy may be a fraud. He's a sh- he's a shyster. He's picked up like two hundred thousand followers. Yeah, he's a on Twitter. And did you know he was married to the girl from, yes. what's she from? I don't know, some show. Saved by the Bell or something? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Boy Meets World. Boy, meet, boy Meets World, Girl Meets World. Anyway. He hadn't tweeted like in six days. He's gone silent. I don't know. I, I feel duped. I do too. Do you? Well, then in turn, you may have duped the listeners because we spent a lot of time on the, on the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Well, the, the, And I have not eaten a bowl of cereal since you told that story. The conversation, though, Donna, was about, well, maybe so. Yeah. Turns out General Mills is going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Yeah. After my prediction, they were going down. Nike, not so much. General Mills. There's always somebody. And you always. hate it. You, you hate do. it. Like, if you're a crisis PR person. You don't hate or it. Or you handle a social media account for a even a small company. Well, you don't yeah. hate it. You're happy. You're busy. Gallery furniture. Shop now and pay later. Take it home today when you find it on the showroom floor. 16,000 square foot warehouse. And showroom, family-owned, locally-owned business for over three decades. You know the classic, ask for Donna, ask for the Wolfman commercials. Yes, gallery furniture is still around doing bigger things than they've ever done before. Donna's printing money up there. Um, But you can find anything for your home that you're looking for. And truly great prices. And Donna, because they are locally owned and a family business, they offer financing. And they're certainly, I, I would think, agree with me or not here, Donna, that they would be more... Uh, gracious with you if, if you need financing and, and, and to work with you. And I have known Donna for a long time. We, uh, You know, I thought about her this weekend because her mom, Betty Jo, lives right up the street from my mom. So when I was over at my mom's house, I was thinking about Donna and her family. And trust me on this, that um, they are great people and they are going to work with you and they are going to find you what you need. And I was thinking if you're not going on spring break for whatever reason, maybe you just don't want to go this year because of everything that's gone on, take the money you would have spent on spring break and go up there and buy yourself something new for your house that everyone can enjoy. They've got great recliners. They've got great sectionals. Um, they have odds and end console tables. If you just need a table for like a TV in a spare bedroom or something, they are the best place to go and shop for all of those things. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns, Pedro, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman.com. You can start there and to head up there and see him recliner, some 299 tons of bedding option, Monarch table and six chairs plus a bench, 849 the price. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Pod peeps for this episode of My Second Act. All from the voicemail text line. I love that. These messages come straight to my phone, 770 464 6024. I uh, want to say hello to Melanie, who lives in Cumming, Georgia. Uh, just listening to the podcast about Cinema Toast Crunch. I uh, thought you and Donna might get a kick out of this. Not sure if you ever watched The Golden Girls, but I about spit my drink out when I saw this meme. Thanks for all the laughs. We'll include the meme in the Saturday's letter. But it's, um, who was the slutty Golden Girl? Blanche. Blanche. It's Blanche walking in with a uh, box of uh, crustacean toast crunch cereal and offering it up to... Uh, the other Golden Girl ladies. Love I love the Golden Girls. And you love a good meme. Oh, I love a meme. Uh, Mel writes, Hey, Caddy, I discovered something just now and immediately thought of you wanted to share. On the Peacock streaming network, there is a Dateline 24-7 channel. Good Lord. Thank you. That's great. Now, now I'll never find it. And I'm absolutely hooked. I hope you guys are doing well. Have my first COVID vaccine on Monday and uh, have the second on April 19th ready to travel to the UK as soon as Boris Johnson says I can. That's awesome. You get so excited like about Dateline. Like this past weekend, you were like, my stories, my stories are yeah. coming on. My stories, like some old person. Friday night's Dateline and 2020. Yes. And you just, come on, Keith. Come on, Keith Morrison. Well, Keith Morrison, I'm a huge, always have been a huge fan of Keith Morrison. He was one of the one of the uh, faces of Dateline right. NBC. Right. 
and um, Saturday, you Saturday's 48, 48 hours. hours. And, and then Sunday, 60, 60 minutes. minutes. Yeah, you are officially an old man. Uh, Melanie's been a huge supporter. We've known Melanie. Melanie's one of the first pre- people that I met when I was hired by Kicks when I was 19 years old. And uh, Brittany, her daughter, lives in the UK. Uh, her son is with the uh, U.S. Air Force. And she's been trying to get over there for a long time since the pandemic. So, um, Leave your name and city when you reach out on the podcast text voicemail lines. We can give you a proper pod peep salute. But uh, the message is this. I remember seeing you at AMS back in the day. Mm. Atlanta Motor Speedway. Mm, mm, mm. Listening to a Sunday morning race show. Uh, I haven't been to a race since my dad passed. It was our thing. It was interesting how, you know, I, I used to go with my dad. Yeah. And I remember one year, Will, my son, myself, and my dad, the three generations of choke men, all with the same name, senior, junior, third. We went to the race together at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And it was a, it was a, truly, it was really cool to be there with, with my son and, and also with my dad. So, um, racing is sentimental and has a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, heart. It does. For so many people. Yeah. Um, and I will go ahead and apologize well in advance without even knowing your story. Well, what does he say? He just, That's he it. or she says they just, I remember seeing you at AMS back in the day. Oh boy. Cause we used to do a Sunday morning race show. Yes. And we would do it live from the track on Sunday mornings after very little, if any sleep. Could they find you? I mean, like, were they, there late? were times they would, but we'd be late. We could do an entire episode. They just like troll through the campground, like with a yeah. bullhorn. Yeah. Anybody's caddy, got- caddy, come out, come out wherever you are. Oh, and I'd like a pier from <laughs> a Coleman pup tent outside of turn four. I bet you had on like Wiley. Wranglers. Had, a, had your mullet. Mullet, yeah. It was, gosh, somebody started that. And boots, you'd wear those boots all the time? Those Wranglers? Good days, good times. Really? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Golly, I'm, I'm thinking right now. Cued up, yeah. And you could like smell like people were, or people were cooking. Campfires. Campfires. You smell like campfires. Coleman. Golly. Maybe have those brats and the beer right, and the I'm brown liquor. To, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to drive Talladega right now, I'm afraid. <laughs> Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.